I'm Todd Brinker. Aaron will be joining us shortly. This is Friday, August 21st at 7.04 a.m. on the Pacific Coast. That would be about 2.04 UTC time. Yeah. What's that? Universal Coordinated Time. So it used to be called Greenwich Mean Time, but I guess, I don't know, people didn't want to give Greenwich credit anymore. I'm not sure about the plan or why that became a thing. My understanding is that UTC doesn't really stand for anything either, that it's universal time, coordinated, coordinated time, universal. It's, you know, it's, there's just lots of, uh, they just threw the words in there and said, UTC, time. So anyhow, um, as we were going to break, we were talking about the fine folks at Fortnite launching their Fortnite Cup on August 23rd. It'll be the last chance to play Fortnite on whatever platform you choose before uh, Fortnite will be banished from the App Store. It seems that, that the app that, that is running at this point has still been working because if you already had it downloaded, it still works. Uh, and you could buy your Fortnite bucks at a 20% discount because they were being sold, you know, uh, $7.99 instead of $9.99 for whatever package size that was. Um, and Fortnite basically set this all up. They decided they were going to take on Apple, and they decided to do this. They planned it all. And um, Apple has come back and said that starting on August 28th, uh, they're shutting off their development tools, Epic's development tools, which means... Epic will no longer be able to develop for the uh, App Store in any way, shape, or form. And apparently, that may very well shut off the versions of Fortnite and any other Epic app that have been downloaded already. And so, you may find that if you have an Epic game or, or some other uh, application created by Epic, that it will cease to function on your iOS or iPadOS device. Uh, after the 28th. And so Epic is throwing the Fortnite Cup on the 23rd as sort of a last hurrah as they push in court to have this um, seen before a judge as soon as possible so that they can get things going forward. Now, they have requested that a judge basically put a stop in measures forcing Apple to leave things the way it is they are right now. Apple has said it's very easy for things to go back. All you have to do is quit trying to sell uh, coins bypassing our purchase process on the App Store, and, and you're, then we'll reinstate you and everything will be hunky-dory, and then we can go forward with your lawsuit at that point if you want. Um, so the question is, where do you freeze it? Um, Apple says freeze it where it's been since you first put an app on the App Store, and Fortnite saying freeze it since we changed our app last week on the App Store. And so we will see what happens and whether it gets uh, put anywhere. Ironically, it turns out that um, that both PlayStation and Microsoft Xbox, who also use Fortnite, also charge 30% fee uh, for all purchases made through their systems. So it's not like this is something unique and different. The Google Play Store also charged 30%. So all these companies are charging about the same amount. Um, I'm not quite sure why they've decided that Apple 
um, is the one that they have to fight. Other than Apple is the um, you know the big dog in terms of, of deep pockets. So if they win, they can maybe get some money back out of them. I don't know. Um, it's not like Epic is a small company. They're a pretty good sized company. One of the top gaming company companies out there. Uh, it is interesting to note, by the way, too, that one of their major investors is Tencent, which is the Chinese-owned um, communications company. So, um, you know, Tencent is sort of China's version of, um, of uh, Amazon. So there is a um, big company there. So anyhow, um, you know, that's uh, what... What's what with Epic and, and Apple? They're they're uh, they're going to battle up. I guess the courts are going to decide where things are and what's what and how where the lines have to be drawn. Um, I don't think there's any doubt that some of Apple's behavior is a little anti-competitive, but we'll see how it all plays out. Um, we'll see where the where the line is drawn in terms of uh, you know what is and is not acceptable in the long run and what the courts do and don't say. Uh, ironically, eBay has been flooded with hundreds of iPhones that have Fortnite already installed, offering to be sold, so you can buy it and use Fortnite on somebody's uh, else's phone. But it's a phone that you know apparently still would have their accounts and stuff on it. I don't know. I, they, you'd have to wash off. I guess you'd have to go and, and, and erase all of your your personal stuff, uh, but still let them get into the system. But how do you do that without? Um, you know, having your Apple account on there. I don't know. That's, uh, I'd have to look at that and see what's going on there. I guess there's a way around that. Yeah. But, uh, uh, that will all become a moot point if Apple shuts off their, uh, Epic's access on the 28th. So, you know, uh, just heads up. Don't go spend a lot of money on an iPhone that has somebody else's copy of Fortnite loaded on it just so you can lose all that access, uh, you know, in seven days. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Probably better ways to spend your time. If you really want to play Fortnite, then um, you're probably better off doing it on uh, a gaming device that's um, dedicated to gaming and or a PC. And, uh, and I think that probably those who are more serious about gaming wouldn't be using iPhones and iPads anyway. But, hey, what do I know? It's not my gig, not what I do. So, uh, you know. All you Fortniters out there, more power to you. Um, lots of other stuff going around in the world. Um, you know, uh, talking about gaming things, uh, Microsoft's uh, Flight Simulator, uh, they just pushed out updates for the 2020 Flight Simulator not too long ago. And somebody was flying around Australia, and in a little rural area, there was this 200-story building. And they're like, wait a minute, that's not there. Where did that come from? Turns out there was a programming glitch. Um, the uh, uh, there was a typo <laughs> in the code that just created this random skyscraper in Flight Simulator, and uh, uh, and so yeah, two hundred story building where there isn't one in a neighborhood in Australia if you happen to be flying Flight Simulator. Those not familiar with Flight Simulator, it's basically a real-time simulator. So when you're up and flying, it's as long as it would take you to actually fly from point to point. Your planes travel. I mean, it has all very uh, realistic to real-life um, flight times and stuff. Now, you can take off from different airports so that you're already in one location. 
Um, but if you take off from, say, Australia and you start flying towards Hawaii, it takes as many hours as it takes. Um, and it's got very realistic imagery of what it looks like to fly over these areas. Uh, Microsoft's done a fantastic job over the years um, making it more and more realistic. And so, you know, if you're flying over a neighborhood in, you know, South Sydney, then it looks like that neighborhood. It, if you look down from the, in the uh, simulator, whatever plane you're flying or, or helicopter you're flying or whatever you're flying, um, you know, and you're going to see something that looks like what it would look like if you were looking out the window of an airplane, except for this 200-story uh, office building that, that somehow sprung up in the middle of somebody's neighborhood, which I think is just hilarious. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, um, it's called the Monolith of Melbourne, and it's, I guess it's in Melbourne, or a sub, uh, suburb of Melbourne, um, and so, uh, yeah, I guess they're, they're, they're pushing a fix out to get rid of the giant, uh, tower, but, uh, it's pretty funny, uh, if you're flying along expecting it to look very realistic, and there's this giant building, you know, in, in some neighborhood. Uh, oh, here's the Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the after show. I was just talking about the fact that uh, Microsoft's flight simulator has gone, you know, to great lengths to make it as, as accurate and real as possible so that when you're flying, if you look around, it looks like it would if you were flying in an airplane over that particular area. Except, of course, if you're flying through a suburb of Melbourne, Australia, where suddenly a random 212-story skyscraper appeared. Really? <laughs> yeah, apparently there was like a glitch in the code. They said it was one line of code that just got pasted in somewhere and then uh somebody didn't didn't delete that piece of code and so there was literally a 212 story skyscraper in a <laughs> Melbourne suburb that wasn't supposed to be there. So people on uh there's a you know a, a big uh, group of flight simulator fanatics that that, that or I should say fanatics but just fans, people who who play the game and, and use it a lot pointed out that um yeah that's not really there <laughs> is this aspirational what is yeah, it yeah they call it the uh, the monolith of melbourne but uh, <laughs> yeah so uh so anyhow I, yeah, that actually sounds like fun a, fi yeah. a flight simulator sounds like fun yeah so apparently I yeah i want to actually fly because i get i get Dizzy, but yeah um, well it, and it is fun i've played it in the past years ago and it's gotten better with each iteration you know and it's real-time physics and so like you know if you take off from an airport in melbourne and, and you're flying towards sydney however long it would take you to really fly there given the plane that you have and, and the speeds and capabilities that it has that's how long it takes so if you want to i mean it's it's literally a flight training simulator that they have created for the public and, uh, you know, you can buy and download different airplanes for it. You can um, uh, go to different places in the world and fly. And so it's just, it's, um, it's, it's a very interesting type of thing. I mean, it's not a game like a game would be, you know. It's not like you're out, you know, flying, shooting, shooting things down or, or, or racing. And, and it's a flight simulator. It is simulating what it would be like to fly. But the... Um, but the physics engines and the dynamics and the visuals are are stunning, and cool. uh, yeah, yeah. And just seeing some screenshots of the newest one, it's almost making me. It's almost tempting me to say, "Let's go get it again." It's, it's. I don't know how much it costs these days. It used to be about sixty bucks, um, but uh, but if you get it, you've got to have a. You know, you need a good joystick, a good analog joystick, so you can control it. And you need to. You know, you, you need. It's a little bit of investment, um, 
But I'm thinking about, you know, right here in the shack out back, I've got dual 27-inch screens that would give me a very, like, out-the-front-window look. Uh, and it'd be very interesting. So maybe I'll maybe I'll get into it. We'll see. <laughs> you know you're going to have to sneak that past your wife, right? She'll be like, yeah. what more? What? You brought another electronic doodad into our house? She's no, used to... She... No, I didn't. It's in the shack out back. Yeah, she's just used to the the cacophony <laughs> oh, oh Amazon boxes that show up and disappear into the shack and she's just like, "Yeah, whatever." As long as the bills are paid and we can eat, we're good, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, everybody's yeah, God bless toys. her. God bless her. Um, she has her uh, her dachshund. Those are her toys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she needs her little de-stressors right now because, boy, the, the whole teaching gig is, is definitely high pressure. Oh, my definitely gosh. high pressure. I swear, every teacher I know, we talked about this, yeah. and they are more stressed out than I've ever seen them, all of them. Yeah. 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 Well, and in, in her case, it's it's multiplied because they're, you know, using a new book, too, which means they're redoing all of their work, um, you know, and, and the structure of their their classroom project uh, activities and things to meet the new books needs as they go through this year so this year would have been a stressful year anyway. in normal circumstances then you add on top of that excuse me all the issues with uh, you know online teaching and the the you know communication problems and the you know it worked for me yesterday but it doesn't work for me today and the 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 amount of just um tech troubleshooting that teachers are now being required to do with kids that they're completely unequipped to handle is is uh, astounding. Yeah. Really is. And they've just got tons to do. Um, so I feel for them. Feel for them all. So, mm. um, I do too. I, 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 really, I really hope that you know, they keep talking about how COVID's going to come roaring back in November. And, yeah. and, you know, I, I hope that it doesn't. I hope that, you know, we have enough herd immunity by that point. Um, although, I, you know, in some areas, I don't know how that's mm -hmm. possible because they've been completely shut down for a while. But I hope that that, uh, that we have this at least manageable yeah. so it's not, you know, 1918 levels. Well, that's what happened in 1918. Oh, yeah. It kept coming it, back it, wave it, after wave. It, yeah, it, it kind of went away over the summer, and everybody was complacent, and then it came roaring back in the fall. It was yeah. like, oh my gosh. Well, because we've had such a hit through a good chunk of the summer, um, those that are going to have some immunity will probably, you know, be at least have some immunity for three to six months is what they're saying. So, yeah. so the next wave may not hit till next spring. Yay. So, um, you know, and hopefully by that time... we'll fear... Forever. Well, we can't. We can't. And and hopefully by that time we'll start having some some luck with some um, um, you know medications and, and different ways to attack the these different just different attack vectors, um, you know. And and we have some way of saying, hey, if you're in a high risk situation, here's some things you can do uh, to give yourself some immunity. And so let's hope that 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 continues to advance. Um, you know, but but as studies are coming out, they're saying three to six months is about the, all you get if you've had it, and then you can get it again. So, um, yeah. Cool. You know, something I found that was interesting is that they um, 
they're, you know, they've got these testing centers. There's a huge one here in Norco. If you go to their website and uh, look at it, they say it's $150 a test. I wow. thought these were all the big. Te- I, I thought the testing centers were all like government-run testing centers that you got tested for free, or they took your insurance and billed your insurance. But if you didn't have insurance, then they just tested you anyway because they wanted to test you. But apparently not. So is Appar- that one in Norco a private lab? Yeah, apparently it's a private lab. They have one-hour testing, so you go in, get your nose swabbed, and then sit around for an hour in the heat, and then they'll tell you whether and you stay in your car. Then they'll tell you whether you're positive or negative and contact you in a, for further. I, I would assume they don't make you just sit there, that they'll within an hour call you or something and text or text you and say, here's here's your results. They can't make hmm. you just sit there in your car. That would be ridiculous. But, that, uh, that would be ridiculous. But, but I, get, I get your drift. I get your point. Yeah. So I guess if you're really impatient or really scared and... Or you rolling know, in money because, you know, you still have a job? Yeah, exactly. So then maybe that seems like money well spent. I know that Tobin... Um, so this is in San Bernardino County, Got went to a, a county testing center in Rialto, and he had his his test back, I think, a couple of days. It was just a few days after. So yeah. there's no two-week wait. Yeah, I've heard 48 hours is sort of the standard now, unless some you know some lab gets behind. But this place was advertising very specifically that they had the one-hour tests, and they actually did the lab work right there on site in this giant circus tent. So. It, interesting. Yeah, I would trust um, a, a lab in a giant circus tent because, you know, that's, yeah. that's sanitary. You can see them right off of, just as on the north side of Norco, they have that huge sports complex, and they're set up out in one of the parking lots there. And uh, they said they can handle up to 1,500 people a day. Holy uh, cow. Through the spot. I've never seen a line of cars. I mean, there's I've always seen people there. There's cars there, but it's not like this line that looks like it would add up to 1,500 people even if they kept that size line all day. So I don't know. Um, if somebody's trying to do this as a money-making venture, which is what it appears, um, and if I'm wrong, then forgive me those who are running it, but I'll do a little more reading if I can find something. But it looked to me like it was a, basically a private venture. Um, well, and nowhere on the site did it... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, nowhere on the site did it say anything about insurance either. So perhaps if you have the proper insurance or your insurance will cover it, then they'll charge your insurance. I don't know, but it didn't say that. Well... If they're competing with free coming from Riverside County, their their price point needs to be adjusted. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually surprised when I saw that, like, right on the front page. That's one of the things that said was, yeah, only $150. <laughs> huh, okay. They'll sell you a bottled water for 10 bucks too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, capitalism does what capitalism does, and they'll either... Uh, they'll either have people thinking that that's a good value or they won't and if they don't they're going to drop their price or they're going to go away yeah that's how it works yeah it works yeah well there's a covid testing site like in corona just off of sixth street that is uh um open eight to four and it's a different you know completely different deal so go figure yeah well you know private labs do what they want Yep. So, um, any good sports ball happening this weekend? Any more so basketball? The, yeah. Uh, basically, basketball is going on every day. What they're doing is um, there are 16 teams playing right now, so there's eight games every two days. So there'll be four games today, four games tomorrow, four games. And everybody is in their first series, so it's the best of seven. And everybody has played two games. So it's either 
a two zero lead for some teams or a one one lead uh, uh, tied tied up for others. Uh, both the Milwaukee Bucks and the Los Angeles Lakers, who were number one seeds, are one and one. They both lost their first game, which hadn't happened since. Uh, uh, was it the 90s? I think it's the last time that both of them, or maybe it was the early 2000s. I don't remember specifically. Um, that it was both a long number time one, ago. yeah, both number one seeds lost their first game. Um, they both bounced back strong. The Lakers ended up winning by 23. They were ahead by 30 going into the fourth quarter, um, and basically sat down everybody who's played thus far. So they were the last quarter was a bunch of people that they had picked up to fill in the blanks on their team as they went into the. Um, uh, the bubble that they've set up in Miami and, and some people who are, you know, younger players that didn't have a lot of experience to give them some playing time uh, and to make sure nobody got hurt. That said, in their game, Damian Lillard, the uh, Portland Trailblazers star and uh, uh, somebody who I personally am a fan of, I think he just seems like a really um, got his head on straight kind of guy and, and a huge talent. This is a guy who pulls up at half court and, and makes three-point swishes. I mean, he's got the range. He's got more range than anybody I've ever seen in the NBA. Um, and he, when trying to go for a ball, uh, at his follow-through basically hit somebody's foot as it was coming up, and he dislocated a finger in his left hand. Oh, And it ow. looked pretty – the, the, the image looked pretty awful. I mean, it was cattywampus. And so they popped it back in, took x-rays, and said there's no break. But you can imagine that's going to feel just toasty over the next few days. Yeah, so um, I, hopefully he'll be okay because I've always been, as a coach, the kind of person who says, I don't want anything to happen to our competitors. I want them at their very best so that when we beat them, we beat them at their best. You know, that we were at our best and they were at our, their best and we and – we, we won. That's what I want. I don't want them to to get hurt. I don't want them to to be sick. You know, I want them to be at their very best, and I want nothing but the best for Damian Lillard. Um, he's a great competitor, and I hate to see him injured. So, so you're not like the Karate Kid, where you want to injure the injured? Was it knee? And, yeah. Uh... No, we don't sweep the knee. <laughs> we don't sweep the knee when their competitor is clearly injured and limping. No, that's not how we do it. So, it's like, I want to beat you at your best. I want you to be at your very best, have the best game of your life, and be able to walk out of there with your head held high saying, that was the best I've ever played. Bummer, I couldn't beat that guy. That's what I want. That's what I want you to do. (laughs) Yeah, that's always my goal. Um, So, you know, it's not win at all costs. It's, it's, It's win because you're best. Win because you put in more work. Win because you outfought your opponent. That kind of thing. So, um, yeah, you know, that's going on. Yeah. And, and so, so NBA is going on, uh, NFL, uh, they started practices with pads. So we'll see now that they're bumping into each other, how, uh, how many of them start testing positive over time. Hopefully they're all being smart and locking down and creating their own little private bubbles, but all it takes is one guy not to, and, uh, and then you can infect your team. So we'll see what happens there. You know, I, I, to me, the the number of people who are are positive is less interesting than that, than the number of people who become sick, like they show symptoms. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, not that that's not that we should be, you know, we should ignore the positives, not at all. But um, it's it's how many people are asymptomatic, or how many people only become very mildly ill, um, mm-hmm. versus you know how many people are 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 very very ill. So. Um, you know, we keep the, our media keeps talking about their COVID numbers going up, COVID numbers going up, COVID numbers going up. 
it's like, okay, yes, they are going up, but how many people, you know, uh, uh, die, death is a lagging indicator. All right, so it's been a few weeks since those numbers started rising. What's happening to the death rate? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, actually, I've heard the numbers are starting to go back down again now, so we, we've kind of peaked. Well, no, no, no I didn't mean right now. I was meant right. in general. But, yeah, you're right. It, well, and and it's it's almost hard to, like, listen to the the news and and have any trust of what they're saying is is accurate i've lost so much trust of our news reporters in that things are so jaded so so twisted yes. to to be, behave as clickbait that it's it's um it's very saddening I, I, it, you know and you ever have that feeling that they're rooting for things to get worse yeah because that gives us stuff to talk about and then people will tune into our show as right. if everybody and else isn't like, talking about the same crap you know Everybody's got that 24-hour news cycle. Everybody's got those minutes to fill. Yeah. Yeah, they do. So, you know. Hey, I do have another sports story, by the way. There's actually a meme going on. There are some photos of, uh, and of course, being a Green Bay Packer fan, I tend to get, like, Packer news. But they have a new uh, rookie running back that they brought in. And they show him walking by uh, their first-round pick, um, uh, Jordan Love and um, and uh, um, it's not Aaron Rodgers, but it's another um, like the third string quarterback. And this guy has thighs that are literally twice the size of these other two men. <laughs> <laughs> there was some uh, one of his um, uh, teammates snapped a picture of him, and uh, he says, "Yeah, AJ Dillon has legs that have their own Twitter account at AJ Dillon's legs." <laughs> Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, and so there's, there's a, a meme going around like leg day, <laughs> you know, <laughs> cause this guy is just a beast. I can't imagine trying to tackle, you know, like leg tackle, wrap your arms around those and stop him from running. Cause, <laughs> just oh call my him gosh. Redwood. Yeah. This guy's just built like a tank. What's um, his name? Uh, AJ Dillon. So, uh, Yeah. Oh dang! I just pulled up the picture. Holy cow! Yeah, and he's just solid. Yeah, solid. Just, you know, you look at this guy and you go like, yeah, hand him the football and just say go that way. Nothing's going to stop him. Nothing's going to you know? stop him. Yeah, you're 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 not going to knock him off those legs. Cause... You know, and it's so funny because there's a picture of him, um, obviously when he uh, had graduated from college, and he looks like such a baby. Like yeah. he's got this baby face, or maybe he did. And um, and the, and his, this monster body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I don't know the man at all. I mean, he's a young man. You know, he just he's a, he's a rookie in the NFL. Um, so, and he went you know, to Boston College. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know anything about him, but uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him him run and uh, hope he has a long and prosperous career in the NFL, uh, which is, is something that a lot of running backs don't have. So, um, you know go get your money get, while you can aj but yeah. uh they get uh, hit pretty hard when they do get hit they do they do and i'll tell you what somebody might hit those legs and hurt themselves so <laughs> <laughs> they bounce off yeah it's really funny because when you you see a picture of him i mean he doesn't look like weirdly proportioned or anything he just looks like a big strong guy but then you see him next to like a normal guy and i'm saying normal guy meaning a professional athlete who was a first round draft pick you know they show him next to jordan love <laughs> And Jordan Love looks like thin and twiggy and breakable by comparison. Like he skipped, like he skipped leg day. 
Yeah, like like he uh, you know skipped a few meals or something. I mean, he just looks tiny. <laughs> And, and I look at the two of them and I go like, wow, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A.J. Dillon, wow. Um, that's something. What a beast. Yeah. What a beast. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, I found a picture of him too. Uh, uh, he was at the NFL scouting combine. And and he's like, his feet are going one way and his body is turned sort of backwards to catch a football. And the ball is like, you know, a foot away from hitting him in the hands. So, um, you know, they perfectly frozen picture. And you just look at the size of that man's thighs in that picture, too. And it's like and he's got he's got some some uh, some guns in his arms, too. He's not a tiny man. Um, I have no idea how tall he is, but but he is so physically imposing. It's like, boy, I hope I, I hope that uh, he turns out to be. Uh, the power runner that uh, he he looks like he could be because that that's nothing but good news for uh, Green Bay Packer fans. Indeed, indeed. So this is a I have a story that away from sports, um, are different from sports. This is now into the arts, sort of. The Iga Ryu Museum in Central Japan um, has a display that shows how ninjas infiltrated undetected by anyone and escaped as well. Stealthy thieves managed to do the same thing at that museum earlier this week. Authorities say that thieves broke in with a crowbar early Monday, stole a heavy safe containing the weekend's revenue of a million yen, that's about 10,000 bucks, and made their getaway in under three minutes. They triggered the the alarm, but they were long gone by the time the police arrived. So basically, ninjas broke into and and burgled a ninja museum. That's (laughs) awesome. Um, and awesome. sad at the same time, awesome yeah, and awful yeah. all at once. It had to be an inside job, right? Because how do you how do you know where that safe is if you don't work there or haven't worked there? You know what I mean? You're so, a ninja. You're, That's how you know. <laughs> you're a ninja. Ninjas Shh. know. Ninjas know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's um. I, I think it's hilarious. So, uh, yeah. So they need to up their security. You know. They do. They need an anti ninja to, <laughs> to stay there and watch. <laughs> so, Auntie ninja. And about criminals, have you, have you seen the insurance ad? By the way, just real quickly, the uh, insurance ad where they say, you know, we have a great house except we have ants, and then you pan back and it's like yes. their ants are visiting, like their uncle <laughs> ants. No, no uncles, just and their ants are visiting, ants. and the house is crawling with ants. Who are like walking, you know, walking through their refrigerator, talking, you know, well, this is expired and this is expired. Did you get my friend and my, my friend request? And, you know, <laughs> like imagine your house with, with all of your mom and dad's sisters hanging out. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a funny, pl- funny play on words. Indeed. Indeed. Um, so from a, from smart criminals to dumb ones, this, this, um, Herbert McClellan in, of course, where else? Florida, Clearwater, Florida. He uh, he stole some scratch-off lottery tickets from a local speedway, which is like a, like a 7-Eleven. Um, uh-huh. And apparently one of them was a winner. So he tried to cash it in at the same store where it was, uh, where he stole it. Needless to say, he didn't get his money, and now he's in jail. <laughs> Good. Criminals should be stupid. (laughs) They should be stupid so that we can we can put them away. It's the smart ones. It's the ninja criminals we have to watch out for. (laughs) 
Yes, I, I uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm going to burgle a house. I'm going to go back, or, you know, burgle a store, and then I'm going to go back and redeem what I burgled at that same store. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Go for it. Although, how does, you know, I, I find it hard to believe that a, um, I guess maybe that they, they know, like, the serial number of the tickets that were gone. They do. And so they can put that in the machine. So quite frankly, they could probably put it in a machine anywhere because all the machines are tied together and it would get flagged as soon as it as somebody tried to cash it, right? Yeah, but it, but it, I'm sure you're right, but it takes a special kind of stupid to go back to the same store. To the exact same place, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah it does. It does. Special kind of stupid. That's, that's, that's <laughs> the key phrase there. <laughs> so yeah. the... The people in Flint, Michigan, are um, they? The Michigan has finally reached a settlement over their contaminated water, and I think that's been like 10, 12 years, hasn't it? So, um, uh, the state has agreed to a six hundred million dollar settlement. The proposed deal announced Thursday needs to be approved by the U.S. District Judge Judith Levy, um, uh, but who's overseeing lawsuits. Uh, against the state, nearly 80% would go to claimants who were under 18 during the period covered by the deal, with the largest share, 64.5%, devoted to the children who are ages 6 and under when first exposed to the lead-tainted water. Uh, the number of claims involving minors range from uh, 7,500 to 2,000 per the Wall Street Journal, but tens of thousands of other city residents are also eligible um, so, you know, what happened in Flint never should have happened. I mean, what it should be classified as a crime against humanity and those people should Indeed. be locked away. That is, I, that I is mass agree. murder, mass poisoning. And yes. it was, uh, you know, massive negligence if at the very least, if not just in, you know, what they did is they, in order to save a buck, switched their wa- the city water from, from one source to another and didn't verify that the water that they were switching to was safe. And, yes. uh, you know, it was, it was to save a buck and on the surface of it made sense, but you need to make sure that the water is safe and that your processing plant can make it safe. Otherwise you can't drink that water, you know, and, and to not understand that and be aware of that or listen to the people who are telling you that is criminal. So, um, Lead causes developmental, so learning and behavior problems in children. So those kids that are, especially the ones that are under six, they will they will never be right. It'll you can't fix that. Right. Yeah. Heavy you know? metals stay like, in you. Yeah, and it's not like they didn't. I mean, there's some chelating, you know, uh, like you can take charcoal and other things that are kind of chelating. I think, but it, it, it's the neurological damage is already done. Um, right. And it's not like we didn't know. We figured this out in the 70s, right? When yeah. we had all that lead-based we, paint. Yeah, we banned all the lead-based paint. And if you're doing a renovation on a house and you've, you know, it's an older house, you're supposed to get the, the paint tested. You know, it's like asbestos. You know, you've got to have special, uh, you, you need to have that stuff abated from a property because um, it is a poison. You know, and it affects adults too. I mean, that's the reason that, that you know, you and I don't go and do asbestos abatement, right? It, it, yes. It's, it's um, it affects everybody. It, you know, it gets into your nerves. It makes you not function right, and that's and and the insidious thing is, is it doesn't happen right away, and the and the symptoms don't happen right away for most people, and so you're slowly. It's a slow poisoning, which is hard to know what's going on as you you're dealing with these weird illnesses and behaviors and sicknesses, as you try to figure it out, and then you find out, oh, 
my my city fathers have poisoned me. I can't trust that the water that comes out of my tap is safe to drink, which I understand is a thing for a lot of people around the world, but not here, not in the United not States, here. and hasn't been. There's no excuse people, for that. None. There's a reasonable expectation that the water that comes out of your tap is safe to drink in the United States, and if it's not, then you have an issue with the people who run your city and your water department. So, we had talked about Lyft and Uber shutting down at 11:59 Pacific time tonight, but there's an injunction. Uh, on that, and they've been given 10 days to make their case. So they've got a, a postponement. They're going to continue to work and run. Um, it's interesting, too, because, you know, in this time of COVID, people would have thought, oh, well, maybe these things are doing, you know, they're doing less business anyway. But I know that, like, um, car dealerships used to run, like, courtesy vans from the car dealership if you dropped off your car to get worked on or something at the service department, and they would then drive you back home. Now they're calling you a Lyft. They have contracts with Lyft or Uber to do that. Uh, and so if that shut down, then they would have to start running their courtesy vans again. And uh, they were trying to, you know, avoid putting their employees in cars with other people. So, so. you know, the... It'll be interesting to see where this ends up because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I I don't think it's I don't think it does anybody good to to um, decimate the gig economy. Right. But, you know, you know, if a company is is paying unfair, you know, that they're that they're making it so you really can't get ahead with your with your side hustle like you can't, it's not doing you right. any good. Then that's that's not good either. So, um, you know, maybe maybe Uber changes and Lyft change so. You know, you can request a driver, that driver can set their rate, that, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then it would mitigate that problem, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a fine line. I mean, that's the big argument is is that, that Uber sets the rate or Lyft sets the rate, and they, de they determine how much the person can make, and the driver can decide whether or not they're going to be a driver based on how much they can make doing that. Um, but one of the measuring sticks for whether or not you are a contract employee or a regular employee is do you get to decide when and where you work? And you certainly decide when and where you work with Uber and Lyft. I mean, it's, they don't say you have to work at this period of time or that time or whatever. Um, and so... But the laws, the law changed. So it's not only that, but that you also have to... Essentially, they, they you want to prove that you're a business, right? So um, if, if they only drive for you, then they're your employee. They're not a subcontractor. Yeah. And so that's what... That's what um, what they're pushing back against right. among other things although many of them are both i don't know how many times not that i do it a lot but almost every time i've ever gotten into an uber or a lyft they have both icons in the window and you can hail that car through either system ah well and that's smart i know a lot of those drivers they'll you know have both pieces of software up and running whoever hails them first is the one they take and then they they mark the other one busy while they're, they're driving for the their competitor um yeah. So, you know, hard to say, hard to say. Um, I do know that they were also accused of, in some places, putting pressure on people, saying that if you don't um, drive X amount of hours, uh, that we'll just shut you off, that you're not active enough as a driver, um, which is not the same as saying you have to work certain hours, but it does say you have to work a certain number of hours in a given period of time. Otherwise, we're not going to bother with you. Well, and um, that makes sense. Yeah. But, uh, well, it makes sense in, in, in one sense, but it also doesn't make sense in that um, why 
would they care? I mean, it's just an extra person working. I guess if they're short of drivers in an area at a given point, but usually when that happens, then they then they increase the rates and then they notify drivers. Hey, you know, we're in a in a uh, I can't what do they call that is that situation when it's um, surge. Surge, thank you. Yeah, that we've instituted surge pricing, so you might want to you know go get in your car and turn on your uh, turn on your app and start taking rides because you can make some extra money right now. Um, so, you know, I mean, the people that I've talked to who do this, um, they tend to, to watch that stuff carefully. They know the areas and times of day when more people are traveling and are, are wanting to use that, the service. And so they try to focus on those times and places. I just, you know, the, the state of California is once again, trying to make it more difficult to do business here, mm-hmm. you know, and it's and people say well it's this only one thing again like the taxes you know well it's only this percentage and it's like yeah but you don't pay taxes on just the one thing you pay you, you have to look at the totality of taxes paid well with this you have to look at the totality of regulations that are that you find yourself subject to and so you know if it becomes unwieldy to do business they'll just stop it yeah you know? Yeah, well, and, you know, I mean, it's not only affecting Uber and Lyft, but the companies like Instacart, Postmates, and DoorDash, who have seen a surge during COVID, um, also would have to do the same thing, which means that they would probably cease operations in the state of California. Oh, I love Instacart. I use it all the time. Mm-hmm. And I've used um, Grubhub, and I've yeah. used DoorDash. Never used Postmates. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, you know, lots of different options. They all sort of do the same thing. They probably all work just a little differently. And it doesn't make sense to have every one of them on your phone and use them all. You know, you pick one that works well for you and you're just like, okay, I'll use that one. Unless you find out something horrible about the company and then you go, well, I don't like that company more. I'll switch to this company. Yeah. Which is the which is the great thing about a competitive environment, right? You can, Indeed. if they've got, if they've got a better system or a better app or, or, um, you know, have a better, um, moral or ethical standing that you are alignment with where they say, Hey, you know, we're going to give a certain percentage to feeding the hungry or something like that. Then you go, all right, I'll support that one, you know, because it does the same thing as the other guy it costs me the same and it helps the, the world. Exactly. Uh, you know, why not uh, add to the positive karma out there? That's um, right. you know, there was that, uh, there's, uh, th- there's still some companies that do it, but there were a lot of clothing companies that were trying to, in air quotes, disrupt their, you know, whether it be socks or shoes or whatever. Uh, and they said like, well, you know, you buy glasses from us and we'll give glasses and, or send us your old glasses. We'll, we'll make sure that they go to somebody in third world countries that can't afford glasses or, or, you know, you buy a pair of shoes from us. We'll send a pair of shoes to somebody who needs shoes or socks or, yep. you know, whatever Bombas it is we make. Yeah. Tom's yeah. and Bombas and other companies that were doing that. Yeah. I think it's cool. Yeah, I do too. And there's still companies out there. And you think, well, you know, I don't mind paying a bit of a premium for whatever it is that I'm buying in order to maybe help somebody else out. So, Todd, we are completely out of time. It has happened again. But it is Friday, so we we won't be back until Monday. We take the weekends off, believe it or not. Woo-hoo! So um, it's going to cool down a little bit this weekend. So um, hopefully you will have a, a cooler time of things and uh, enjoy the cooler weather. I actually went for about a five-minute walk last night as it dropped down into the high 70s for the first time in a while. So cool. anyhow, let's wrap it up. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Todd Brinker. And I'm Erin Brinker. Have, have a, a great, great day. day.
Thank you.